Why wasn't I in the casting room, okay? Because I got the ideas. October episode. I can't believe it's the end of October. I know. It went by in a flash. I was like, this was my moment to relax and enjoy. And I hear this irritating, <laughs> grating voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've been we've been really traveling. Traveling a lot the past two months. Nomadic, and, and it's some might say it's gonna keep going for the next <laughs> foreseeable future (laughs) holy shit well i am on location right now in austin texas (laughs) shortly spooky i know i'm terrified here um (laughs) christina will be in new york shortly and then i'll be in new york again shortly after that so (laughs) oh my gosh yeah what can i say a girl boss never sleeps Um, literally can i can a girl get some shut eye but it yeah. has been fun. It's been a blast getting to talk about Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. And I got to enjoy having my Halloween decorations up. There's still another week left of the month. Mm-hmm. We're going to be okay, fam. We're going to be okay. Yeah. And we wanted to to really end with a bang. And it's just perfect timing that this year, um, a sequel to a Halloween classic that we covered our first spooktober yes was released on disney plus a movie that we all know and love that no october would be complete without a viewing of yes so we had to do our due diligence and cover 2022's hocus pocus 2 wow i cannot believe that they finally did the reboot yeah i was so overjoyed to hear that it was really happening and i also like Mm -hmm. read the wikipedia and it was like you know in 2014 there were rumblings and then in 2016 there were rumblings and literally sarah sarah jessica parker bet midler kathy najimi were all like yeah we, we will do the movie yeah. Disney just needs to like get their <laughs> shit together and tell us. Yeah. Tell me where to be. I'll show up. We'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Bette Midler was kind of like the driving force to really get it off the ground. Word. Um, because she was just like, I want to do this and started making calls. And like when you're Bette Midler, I'm sure people you can answer make things those happen. Phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Um, but initially they were considering instead of doing a sequel, they were going to do a reboot, like completely recast, but I am so glad they did a sequel. I way prefer like these years later sequels to reboots. Cause at least it's like a new story and not just literally the same thing that we've already seen. Oh yeah. So I'm glad that they went this route. Yeah, absolutely. If they did it in a reboot too, it'd just be like so weird with all the new technology. Yeah. Because, like, that's part of its charm is, like, the fact that they don't have phones to call people every second of the movie. Right. In the original, I feel like there would be a lot of plot things that wouldn't be able to, like, transfer. <laughs> I have I think I've said this on the pod, but I've said it in, like, real life. You know how, like, every play back in, I don't even know, like, probably the 80s and earlier, it was, like, cigarettes. You're smoking a cigarette. Yeah, you say the line. You're smoking a cigarette. 
that's cell phones now. Like oh every fucking movie, every play, it has a cell phone in it. Damn. Cell phones are the new thing. Cell phones are, are the new us. cigarettes. <laughs> am I right? You heard it here first. Um, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. We also, for this movie, have a new director. As we remember, Kenny Ortega did direct the original. He did not direct the sequel. I'm like, I want to know why, because I love right? Kenny Ortega. Maybe he wasn't available. I don't know. But they initially were going to have Adam Shankman direct, but he was um, like too booked up because he's direct or he directed Disenchanted, the Enchanted sequel that's coming out. Ooh. So instead, they hired Anne Fletcher, who is like mostly a choreographer, but also directed the proposal. I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is a very physical movie. Yes, definitely. We also found out that Doug Jones wears the same wig he did in mm-hmm. the original movie. Yeah. The, the man, I mean, he was wearing a lot of makeup the first time as well, but I'm like, he looks the fu- he looks exactly fucking the same. Like, yeah, I was, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, for some reason I didn't even expect it to be Doug Jones again. I was like, they probably recast because right. it's like mostly new characters, like besides the Sanderson sisters and Billy Butcherson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was delighted to see that they brought Doug Jones back and also that he literally looks the same as the first movie. Like yeah. they did a very good <laughs> job at keeping that consistent. Um, but yeah, unfortunately they didn't bring back anybody else. Like not even a little cameo bit part for like Max. Right. That's what I was wondering. I was like, is he going to show up? He w- he did like say that he was disappointed to like not even be reached out to to come back for anything. And I'm like, yeah, that does suck. And I know that the, the guy who played Ernie, one of the bullies. Oh, yeah. He actually like auditioned for the role of the magic shop guy, but didn't even get a call back. Well, I think they definitely... They definitely infused the cast with like recognizable names. Yeah. I really like the actor who played the magic shop owner. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he like he was on Veep. Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson, yeah. I loved him on Veep. He's a funny guy, like mm-hmm. clearly. I was like, you're playing this is like the same, you're playing the same note for me right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see the other castings, but mm-hmm. Yeah, because in 2018, they wrote, somebody wrote um, a novel, mm-hmm. like a sequel about Max and Allison's daughter. And I'm like, that would have been cool. I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, as we'll talk about, there were some plot holes, a little like, I'm like, bro, you've had the candle this whole time, but you just like, right? It doesn't really like make you sense. made it in 93 when you were a child. What? You were still a virgin. You could have done this like how long ago? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but before we pop into it, I will just say the initial filming took place in Providence, Rhode mm-hmm. Island, Lincoln, and Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, they reshot the ending mm. on the streets of Astoria, New York, and inside Kaufman Studios in Queens, New York. I wonder what the original was yeah because the audiences the test audiences said that like the ending was the weakest part of the film so they did reshoots but 
I thought that this ending was also kind of weak. So right, what that's what, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck was the other ending? Yeah, yeah. I have so many thoughts mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely we have a lot to discuss. Uh, but before we do. We just want to remind you about our Patreon. Uh, if you're wanting a little last-minute spooky extra episode from us, we did Beetlejuice this month, which was super mm-hmm. fun. And next month, we're doing Juno, which I'm very excited for. It's a first-time watch for both of us. And uh, for the past like four months, Juno has almost won the poll on Patreon. So I'm glad she's finally getting her moment in the sun. So if you would like to hear our Juno episode coming out, uh, I believe in the second week of November. I think it's the third week, right? Because it's on the 16th. Mid-month. Because again, we are traveling. So we're trying our hardest to make sure we're 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 getting these episodes out to you. We're getting them in. Yes. So it'll come out mid-month. And we also have some other fun perks. We have a Discord. We have our, you know, you can be part of our close friends on Instagram. You get a montage shout out. Uh, So yeah. Come join. And with that being said, should we fly right into it? Let's Roomba right into it. So we got a spooky opening. Um, We see this crow like flying and we like follow the crow in this like drone shot into 1653 Salem. Everyone's just having a lovely day churning their butter mm-hmm. when a young Winifred Sanderson starts just storming through the village with her poofy little dew mm-hmm. and her two teeth. <laughs> so Winifred is just storming through, literally like knocking shit over, bumping into people. She's just like, I need to get back to my freaking hut right now. <laughs> so everyone's gasping. And she marches up to her house, slams the door, takes off her bonnet. Mary and Sarah are standing there with a banner wishing her a blessed birthday. (laughs) And Winifred's like, oh, this is the worst day of my life. The little actress who is playing her is like leaving. No, like she is putting it all out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She she really nailed Beth's mannerisms and um like very specific character choices that she does for Winifred I thought that this this young little actress did an amazing job yeah I think that she she left all her cards on the table she was Mm -hmm. like here we go then Sarah tries to cheer her up she's like well we've made you a treat with ground pig's hooves and water and it's literally a fucking jello. Like it's like a wiggly, jiggly jello. They invented gelatin. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, ooh, it jiggle it. <laughs> so Winifred's like, oh, I cannot eat. Something terrible has happened. I've been told I'm old and I must marry John Pritchett. <gasps> so she t- basically explains that Reverend Trask arranged this marriage as his duty since their father died. And Winifred uh, got pretty pissed off, and she said no, and she took the Lord's name in vain twice in front of him. Twice. So, not so good of a thing to do in 1600 Salem. She then throws a plate in anger, and Mary tries to comfort her and is like, oh, we got you a birthday present. So, Winifred opens this box with what I assume is a poisonous spider. I feel like any sort of spider... 
with like any different colors on it, I'm like, that's death. That is a death carrier. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> so Winifred, however, is very excited about this spider, but there's a knock on the door. They do initially pretend not to be home because it's Reverend Trask. And then Sarah's like, we're not home. Like the sweet, head empty little angel she is. Yeah. We aren't we aren't not home now. Yeah. <laughs> so Winifred has to open the door and it is Reverend Trask and the entire village have walked up to their door, which is like probably 40 inbred people. And Trask says that she needs to atone for her disgusting words and marry John Pritchett. Winifred is like, hmm, let me mull that over. No. <laughs> so John, however, John Pritchett, thrilled he doesn't have to marry Winifred. Like, and thank he, like, God. Everyone like turns and they're like, he's like, sorry, but she's like fucking weird, bro. Yeah. <laughs> And Winifred is like, as if I would want to marry you, like you're a fucking dingus. And Trask is like, well, that is true, but you shouldn't say that. <laughs> and Winifred is like, if I was going to marry anyone, it would be Billy Butcherson. And we zoom in to a very young Billy Butcherson. Apparently, they kissed in the graveyard. <gasps> Scandal. Scandy. And Trask is like, you have defied the church and you are banished from Salem. And we're like separating you from your sisters. They're being taken in That's by other the families. Crazy part. Yeah, they're like you're not just banned from Salem. They're like now we will forcibly remove your two sisters because mm -hmm. they're she's the oldest one. She's taking yes. care of them. So their father died. So they're like big bang boom. Mm -hmm. Say goodbye forever. Yeah, because he wants to like set her sisters right and like indoctrinate yeah. them into the church or whatever. So. There's this, like, whole chaotic scene where they're dragging the sisters away and, like, Winifred is trying to go after them. And Trask is like, don't worry, girls. Like, you'll learn the, the speakings of the church or whatever. And <laughs> that's when the spider, the poisonous spider, climbs on Trask. He, like, freaks out, flings it away. There's a ton of chaos. Everybody's running and screaming. The sisters manage to reunite and they run for the Forbidden Wood. Mm -hmm. so they run into the woods it's super creepy like it's night has fallen and they kind of get freaked out at this point they're like we're gonna do a calming circle and then they hear is it the same rhyme it's like come me children yeah something like that mm -hmm. and this crow flies at them could it be the crow from the opening scene <gasps> maybe and yeah the crow turns into a witch the witch grabs Sarah and tries to just immediately force feed her a potion to the mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> wastes no time. I'm like, you, you didn't even uncork that. Where did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> but Winifred pushes her and the witch tries to grab Winifred, but she smells Winifred and like stops. Mm. She's like, why have you come to my wood? They kind of like have this conversation and she says that, the other children are right to be afraid of Winifred's temper and her power, which is like probably an awakening moment for her because they're definitely the outcasts in the town. Yeah. And she explains that this wood is a sacred space for witches and they come here to charge their magic. And then she goes off on a bend and she's like, but Salem is being run by fools. <laughs> and one day I will rule it. It will belong to me. 
there's a lot of lore being poured upon us in these mm-hmm. couple of minutes. I'm also realizing just how many times the word fool is used throughout this movie. Oh, yeah, that could be a good thing. a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. You might die, though. Yeah. <laughs> so Winifred um, sees this book that the witch has, and it floats over to Winifred, and the witch wishes her a happy 16th birthday. So Winifred opens the book and looks through the spells. She finds the uh, Magikai Maxima spell. Mm. And she's like, that looks amazing. Let's do it right now. And let me like just start out with the <laughs> hardest, most crazy spell. She's like, hmm. <laughs> she's like, yeah, let's go for it. The witch is like, absolutely fucking not. That spell is the most frowned upon. You have to promise you will never perform it. So Winifred promises, and instead, the girls like giggle over the other spells they can use to fuck with John Pritchett. I didn't notice when I was watching, but one of the spells that they pointed that they're like, oh, perhaps we should use this on John Pritchett is the spell that they used on Thackeray Binks. To turn him into a cat. Yeah. Mm, Crazy. So they're like giggling, looking over the spells and the witch is like, oh, you're lucky to have each other. Like a witch is nothing without her coven. Something I lost a long time ago. Mm. I thought this was a really nice moment when they're just like giggling and having fun as sisters. Mm -hmm. So the witch disappears. The Sanderson sisters sneak back into Salem and they open the book to start getting their revenge by burning down the reverend's house. Yeah, they came out of the gate swinging. Swinging, absolutely. So we then go to present day. It's Halloween. Our our heroine, Becca, who, um, what's this? I forget this actress's name, but she's in the Gossip Girl reboot. Whitney Peak. Yes. She is riding her bike to school where she meets up with her friend, Izzy, who wishes Becca a happy birthday. It's her 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like the sleepover that they're going to have tonight. And that's when this girl, I wrote like in quote unquote friend because it's extremely rancid vibes from the jump right (laughs) this girl cassie comes up to them and wishes becca happy birthday and is like oh so like what are you guys doing tonight it's so incredibly tense and awkward exactly and becca's like oh yeah just you know our normal scary movie marathon and that's when cassie's Dumb jock boyfriend Mike walks up and is like, Cassie, Cassie, like you gotta come see. We covered Brandon's car in tinfoil. And Beth is <laughs> like, why would you do that? And he's like, because it's hilarious and drags her off. But obviously Cassie <laughs> wants to like keep talking to these girls who like are supposedly her friends. Um, and this is where we get a little bit of exposition. Mm-hmm. Basically, like the girls used to be super close, but ever since Cassie started dating Mike. She barely hangs out with them. And so now it's awkward. I was wondering how long they've been dating. Like, is this just like a new like couple of months? I'm like, yeah, they say four months. Okay. Yeah. So we cut to lab and Becca and Izzy are sitting together. Becca gets out this little like turquoise frog for good luck because she's like, I have a feeling we're going to have a pop quiz. Becca is like talking to Izzy about the party and da da da. And I think like Izzy is like, you should invite Cassie. Mm -hmm. So Becca starts to invite Cassie to hang out with them tonight. And Mike like interjects and he's like, Oh, like 
we're going to have a party tonight. Like Cassie's throwing a party. I'm like, Cassie, dude, if you're going to be friends with Mm -hmm. these girls, you have to tell them if you're having a party. You can't be pissed at them for not inviting you to stuff. If you're literally throwing a party, which he says is for the entire grade and you don't tell them. Exactly. So they're clearly not thrilled that they were never invited. And Cassie's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I wanted to tell them myself. And Mike is just a a dumb man. No sense of social cues whatsoever. Smooth brain. And he's like, oh, are you guys doing some witchery tonight? And they like roll their eyes. But I honestly like... I feel like he's just dumb. Like, I don't think that he makes fun of them. Well, that's the thing that he says later on is he didn't realize he was making fun of them. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't find him to be like, like, he's not like spray painting their lockers and being like, no, yeah. Dumb bitch, which, yeah. But like, he's clearly like not in tune with their, with what they do or like Mm -hmm. their little rituals and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, Becca tells him that the turquoise frog on her desk is a good luck charm in case they have a pop quiz. And the teacher literally comes in. He's like, I plan the scariest class I could think of, a pop quiz. Mm. I would be so annoyed if that was my teacher. Why do that, man? I am very glad that they didn't do, like, pop quizzes in my high school. We never had those. Because that just sounds like a nightmare. Um, the closest thing we had to that, but it wasn't a pop quiz because everybody knew about it, but in my geography, not my geography, it was like my humanities class in middle school. Mm-hmm. We would have like a geography quiz every Friday where we would, our teacher would give us a, like a picture of a map and like circle a couple of places and we had to name what those places were. And wow, if we wanted bonus points, he would be playing music in the background. And if you could name one of the artists or the songs, you would get bonus points. And then you could also do a drawing for like a particular theme on that day. And you could also get bonus points for your drawing. And I just remember that I got bonus points one time. Cause he always, he listened to like, you know, like Dave Matthews band or whatever, which I didn't know when I was in seventh grade. But (laughs) one day he was playing counting crows and I knew it was counting crows because he played accidentally in love from the Shrek two soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, this is my time. I know the culture. I got yeah. this one. Yeah. Anyways, oh my that's gosh. my very irrelevant story. <laughs> <laughs> so they're taking this pop quiz or they're about to take it. And um, Mike is like, oh my God, you, you fucking knew it. Like, that's crazy. And <laughs> she's like, I made an inference. And he's like, all right, well, don't, don't hex me. And like, Mike, are you, are Dumb. you passing? <laughs> are you passing your classes? Yeah. In order to mess with Mike, Becca's like, just starts listing like tempe, chorizo, aquafaba, garbanzo. <laughs> and Mike is scared shitless. He's like mm-hmm. quivering to see. And then she says Satan, like mm-hmm. the meat alternative. And he just, poosh, just like shoots up in his seat. And he like screams. Mm-hmm. And like the teacher's like, Mike, settle down. And he's like, she said Satan. And she's like, no, I was saying vegan foods, but Cassie takes um, Mike's side and she's like, well, you were kind of like whispering. And I'm like, that is true, but don't do that. 
Yeah, don't do that when you're trying to be friends with these when people. When you didn't invite them <laughs> to your party, you're like, I know how to fix this. Yeah, give her attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cassie. Um, I see your note that says I'm getting major gay vibes from Becca and Cassie. And I, I agree. Yeah. There was some weird, t- I mean, by the end I was like, Oh, like, I guess they are just all friends, but it's supposed to be like Izzy and Becca and Cassie were all three good friends, mm-hmm. but only Becca and Cassie have this kind of like tensiony, like it feels very personal. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like looking and not talking when they see each other. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that kind of like not obsessive, but low key kind of like obsessive form of female friendship that makes me think of like Jennifer's body, where like yeah. the friendship and then like the sexual tension and like the competition and the wanting to like do I want to be her? Do I want to be with her? Like kind of <laughs> thing all rolled into one is is present between the two. Yeah, I was even thinking like Fear Street mm. straight up. Yeah. Um, I think they actually used, in my opinion, like a lot of similar conventions as Fear Street. Um, yeah. Because I guess that was also Salem lore. Yeah. But the the idea of like the boyfriend and now mm-hmm. you, you're like mad that she has a boyfriend and it's like you're a little too mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's something uh, underlying there. Something brewing there. Um, but it's Disney, so they said we're not exploring that. <laughs> there is a later on um, when we look inside some houses. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a gay couple watching Hocus Pocus. Yeah, and it's like Disney's really trying to like we can be we can be you know queer we can queer yeah. Hocus Pocus, <laughs> but only in little clips that we can take out for international markets. That's so true. It's Disney's favorite thing to do. So we then cut to outside in the hallway. Becca is waiting outside to talk to the principal while Mike is in there. And Cassie walks up to wait for Mike. And Becca warns Cassie about throwing a party because, like, her dad is super strict. She'll get in a ton of trouble. And Cassie's like, why do you even care? You're not even coming. And Becca's like, well, yeah, because I didn't know about it until five seconds ago. Yeah. This girl. And even then, like, she still didn't invite them. Mike just said, like, oh, yeah, we're throwing this party. Yeah, still never, like, oh, you should come. Yeah. Yeah. And so Cassie's like, yeah, it's not like you would come even if I had invited you in advance. And they just kind of have this, like, again, the tension. There's a little back and forth. And then Mike comes out and he's like, oh, I got Sunday detention. Hope you're happy. And, like, walks off. And Cassie goes with him. And Becca goes into the office. Yes. Cut to... The Halloween carnival, which looks incredible. Amazing. There are, uh, everyone's in costume, first of all. Mm -hmm. There are cute-ass carnival games. Yeah. You know, I've gone to a festival or two. This looks so well-decorated. Yeah. It is unbelievable. There's a stage for performances. Yes. You got various food stands. I love a good food stand. The coveted caramel apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see a huge Mayor Trask election campaign poster. And Becca kind of talks about how Cassie's family actually dates back to the Salem witch trials. And that must be like why her dad is so obsessed with Halloween. I'm expecting this man to be super rude. He's like yeah. portrayed as strict in the beginning. Like, I'm expecting this guy to be a nightmare. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> then we see Mr. Trask played by Tony Hale, mm-hmm. the sweetest man alive. Sweetest man. <laughs> the sweetest man. There's kind of like a Veep reunion happening here between Sam oh, Richardson yeah. and Tony Hale. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, just the nicest man ever. Yeah. And he notices Becca and Izzy and just like, Becca, happy, happy birthday. Like he remembers her birthday. Are you kidding me? Like my dad is a sweet man, but he does not know any of my friend's birthdays. No, no. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he's like, how oh, are you going to do your little sacred circle? Like your tradition, like in a nice way. He's like, oh, yeah. you're going to do that cute little thing. Da, da, da. And the girls kind of like reminisce on the years that they would go into the woods with Cassie on Becca's birthday. And they're like, oh, remember she like wanted to bring 10 flashlights. She was so scared. Mayor Trask is like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, you guys kill me. You keep me young. Like, oh, my God, he's getting the biggest (laughs) kick out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a joy. He's a joy to have around. So he's like, oh, speaking of where is Cassie? And the girls are like, oh, I think she's running late because of a mascara crisis and he literally straight face he's like is that is she okay <laughs> is she all right and and they're like yeah she, she'll be fine and he's like okay well um if you're heading to the magic shop do you mind just handing out some campaign flyers like on your way over normally i would be like that's so annoying but he's so sweet he's i'm like so absolutely I, I will do anything for you i know i would say yes too so before they leave he's like and guys, you have to come back for Sandy's Candy Cauldron. They're coming all the way from Boston. Like, you remember. You remember it. You don't remember it? <laughs> you don't remember? She was on, like, a GMA, oh and suddenly she's, like, too big for the fair. But we got her. And they're like, she was on Good Morning America. <laughs> so the candy apples are amazing. Mm-hmm. They actually spend more time talking about the candy apples than... I think they take to escape from the lair later on. Probably. Yeah. I like don't even know the last time I had a candy apple. Oh, we should get some. I love yeah. a candy apple. Yeah. I love um, caramel apples can suck my dick, but I love like <laughs> a red candy apple mm. yeah, or like a chocolate covered one. Oh my goodness. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> The sweet treat in my mouth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as as Izzy and Becca walk away, they're just like, Mayor Trask is the nicest man in the world. Too bad he doesn't know that Cassie kicked us to the fucking curb. (laughs) Too bad we're fucking shit on her shoes now. Right. So we go to the magic shop, which is formerly the Sanderson house. It's their home that has been transformed into a magic shop, which I actually think is like, a very like cool kind of homage like it's a cool concept yeah in the original this whole setup of the sanderson house is that it was a museum like dedicated to them but then they shut down the museum Mm -hmm. because like spooky stuff kept happening because allison's mom used to like run it or whatever um so it just had like fallen into disrepair and was abandoned so i do think it's cool that it got like repurposed into a magic shop yeah a nice homage to the sisters the scariest thing about it is 2022 Capital capitalism's everywhere. Yeah, that's the real meaning of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we meet uh, the manager Gilbert the Great. He's doing this like very dramatic retelling of the tale of the Sanderson sisters. Mm. He like has props. 
he's he like points to the book that he has locked up in a in a glass case it's also like in restraints some like there's like a heckler in the crowd and i'm like what are you doing here yeah. he keeps like interjecting <laughs> i think that they just have this guy as a plot device so that he has to like explain things yeah. more yeah and i'm like he the, the heckler's getting too much screen time <laughs> weave these details in throughout the movie like you know what would have been fun if they were gonna bring back max if they had him play the heckler oh clever where were you in these decision making rooms why wasn't i in the casting room okay because i got the ideas so disney call me but yeah this heckler is like oh people don't really want that book and gilbert is like mm-hmm. no it's not to get you know to keep people from getting the book it's to keep the book from getting out Ooh. and he talks about the lore of how the witches killed emily binks and you know they were hanged but before they died they set a curse that if a virgin lit the black flame candle on halloween night they will come back to life mm-hmm. for one night only until unless they like perform like a certain spell that will keep them alive. And 29 years ago on Halloween night, some swear they saw three figures fly across the moon and then reveals oh, the black wick <gasps> candle burned to the wick. Burned to the freaking wick. Yeah. And then this little kid is like, well, if there's no more black flame candle, then they won't be able to come back. And Gilbert is like, but... That was another candle and pulls out another black flame candle. And he's like, and for $19.99, you can also buy one at my shop. <laughs> Get your own black flame candle. Right here, right behind you. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Becca and Izzy looking around the magic shop when a black cat jumps on the table out of nowhere. And I'm like, all right, Thackeray Banks reference. Thackeray Banks. Yeah. But I'm like, you couldn't get it. I bet that's not even the original cat. No, that cat would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we won't be doing any other recastings, but we will mm-hmm. get a fake cat mm-hmm. to come in the shot, <laughs> like sp- spitting on their names. Mm-hmm. So Becca's like, I'm just here to buy my crystals. She's a crystal girly. Yeah. <laughs> but Gilbert. It's like, oh, it's your birthday. You need something special, they say. And now I'm just thinking about his little fucking plan. And I'm like, how Mm -hmm. dare you? Yeah. So Gilbert's like, oh, they say on uh, a witch's 16th birthday, that's when she gets her powers. And then he pulls out this like lumpy ass, crooked ass, (laughs) black flame candle. And he's like, it's on the house. And I'm like, it better be. Yeah. That looks so bad. So he's like, you can use it for your like annual ritual. And he's like, I've charged the candle with very powerful magic just for you. Mm, yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. Mm-hmm. So they go to the register and the girls notice just like free Angelica leaves. And he's like, oh yeah, you burn it to lift curses. You never know when you may be cursed on Halloween. All right. That you're giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> so Gilbert hears someone like banging on the glass to taunt the book. And he's like, don't have the book. And like walks off. So the girls then ride their bikes through the historic district, which has all these like old Salem colonial buildings, which I didn't realize. Like, is that a real thing in Salem? 
it must be like that they have this historic district that you can I walk mean, through. I would say like we could Google it and find out, but I would say like most um, New England towns have a historic area. Like if you went to Mystic, Whoa. you'd be like, oh, it's like yield Mystic Village or like wow. they just have like mad colonial houses in certain places because it's like historic now. Wow. So they like ride their bikes through. They're going to the woods for their ritual as they always do. And it is in fact like the forbidden wood where the Sanderson sisters went. We're at like the sacred altar and they're just like sitting in the woods. They're chatting. They're setting up the crystals and the candle. Becca puts down the candle and Izzy pulls out a photo of them and Cassie because she felt like they needed Cassie here with them. And again, the more like more tension from Becca because she like looks at the photo and then puts it face down. And I'm like, you're far more upset about this than Izzy is. Why are you so much more upset than Izzy? Is it mm-hmm. because there's some unresolved tension or feelings between you two? I'm thinking, I'm thinking there is. Yes. So Becca lights the candle and they recite um, this like, I don't know, this phrase that I guess they do every year, which is, Another year begins anew, maiden, mother, and crone too. We call on thee with one request, help our intentions manifest. So then the candle flame shoots up like a sparkler. And so they start freaking out because like they're in the woods. They don't want to start a forest fire. So that is funny that they're like, my biggest concern is the insane amount of brush yeah. that we could be like catching fire onto and ca- mm-hmm. causing a forest fire. Yeah. So they try and blow it out. It doesn't blow out. So Becca has to douse it with water. But then suddenly the flame lights again and it's a black flame and it won't blow out. And then we hear... Come, ye little children, I'll take thee away. And the rumbling and tumbling begins, and the wind is a blowing, and the ground is a shaking, and um, the ground just splits open. Yeah, and it's like the the imagery is shocking when you think about mm-hmm. it. Sometimes because it's like we're referencing hell, like yeah, for sure. But it's a kids movie. But it's like. Mm-hmm. The undertones of the witchery are just so like yeah, <laughs> radically scary. Um, yeah, I was definitely taken aback by the witch's entrance in this compared to like the first one. Because in the first one, they just kind of like show up at their house and they're like, we're back. But this was like, I was like, the drama. Oh my God. Like the ground splits open and like the thunder and lightning. It was wild. Right. So there's a crack of thunder and lightning, which the girls try to play off. They're like, oh, it's it's okay. This is weather. (laughs) (laughs) Then they hear the laughs of the Sanderson sisters. Mm. They're like, lock up your children. Yes, Salem, we're back. I'm thinking, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And they immediately jump into song. Classic. The witches are back. Izzy is like, we did this. Mm. This is our fall. And so they start running. The Sanderson sisters are like enjoying. They're like, we will sing the song to completion. Mm-hmm. And the girls are like, who are they performing for? <laughs> Miss Kathy Najini is right behind them. And she's like, you. <gasps> so the girls scream. 
Sanderson sisters are standing in front of them. This is not what they expected. Mm -hmm. They were just trying to relax when they hear this agitating, (laughs) grating voice. (laughs) And yeah, they're like, well, we're going to brew you for a life potion. Like, what did you think? Mm -hmm. So Winifred calls for Book, who wakes up for the first time in 29 years. I'm sure he was getting some nice beauty sleep, Mm -hmm. but he's held down. In the magic shop, literally like restraints, glass, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So the witches try to retrace their steps to figure out where they left the book. And Winifred is like, you know, this time there'll be no trickery. If we see a teenager, we will kill it. Mm. And the girls are like, no, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. We're not teenagers. You got it twisted. We are 40 actually. We're 40 years old and we're not teenagers. You couldn't have been like, we're 22. No, (laughs) but it doesn't matter because the sisters believe them like little idiots. So Becca's like, oh, we eat young all the time. Um, That's why we look so young. You're our idols. And they're like, oh, which one do you like best? And Sarah Jessica Parker is like, get in line, get in line. (laughs) I really, I think that like they gave Sarah Jessica Parker a little bit more room to play in this one. They totally did, yeah. And I was so delighted by it because she is like so funny and she has all these tiny little like super like under her breath lines that are so good. So I really appreciated that they let her play around a little bit more. Totally, because she's definitely airheaded, but they... By like giving her these like little one-liners, they make her like more funny than yes. stupid. I was like, I think totally. that's like more interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, so the girls are like, you actually don't need to brew potions anymore. You can just buy them. Capitalism. Me thinks mm-hmm. me thinks <laughs> I'm seeing more capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Izzy says there's a whole youth and beauty industry where you can buy serums and lotions and they're like, oh, like potions. Mm. And they're like, yeah, the souls are already mixed in. And Sarah's like, you no longer need to lure children to their demise. That, that was my one job. <laughs> I quite enjoyed the luring. <laughs> <laughs> and Winifred is like, all right, we need to confabulate. And so they like huddle up and they like are talking and chatting but like will mm. pop their heads up and be like and yeah. like go back down and like confabulate um mm. and so finally they decide to have the girls bring them to the apothecary mm. just keep that word in the back of your brain <laughs> so we go to said apothecary which is in fact a walgreens my favorite apothecary <laughs> I am definitely a Walgreens girly over CVS. I love a Walgreens Dwayne Reed. They're my preferred apothecary of choice. Um, mm-hmm. So the witches remark on how this apothecary glows from within with a sickening light. And Izzy is like, yeah, that's the fluorescence for you. And they're like, oh, fluorescence. Yes, I think we knew her. She was from the Paris Coven. Do you have some words in English that I can imagine? If you hear them for the first time, it's like, ah, mm. how beautiful. Like fluorescence. I think I'll name my daughter fluorescence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the witches are then like taken aback 
by the automatic doors and are like, oh, oh yeah. Like, as Becca just walks right through and they're like, she must be very powerful <laughs> to make the gates part. And Winifred is like, well, I'm also very powerful and like haphazardly goes up to the doors and like quickly <laughs> rushes through. <laughs> and inside, the witches are like, this is an apothecary. This doesn't look a thing like father's apothecary. And it's enormous. <laughs> and Becca is like, yeah, anyways, so um, children's souls are in aisle four, and they're like, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll kill you, or something like that. And they're like, no, 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 the, the numbers in the sky, the signs. So the witches start making their way down the aisle with their little, like, witchy walk, where they're like, huh, 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 scanning <laughs> all of the various products. The kids are like, yeah, just look for anything that says youth. And they try to dip, but Mary, like, pops up behind them, scares the crap out of them, and beckons oh, yeah. them closer so she can be close enough just in case she decides to eat them. Ha 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 Come on, girl. Soup's on. And takes them down the aisle. And I would do that, too, because everything they're saying is a fucking lie. Yeah. They're not even good lies. No. I don't know. There's a lot happening here. Yeah. So we get to the skincare aisle. This Walgreens is maybe the nicest Walgreens I've ever seen. Huge. They have all of these like beauty samples out, like testers out. And the Sanderson sisters start eating the skincare. Yeah. They are sipping lotions, eating sheet masks. And Mary's like, oh, it's a face of a newborn child. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Tastes like raspberries. Yeah. Was it Sarah? He's like, ah, oh, retinol. Yeah. What a charming name for a child. <laughs> Retinal fluorescence. Mm. So Becca tells Izzy that they need to get some salt because Gilbert said it will protect them against dark magic. That's when a trio of youths dressed like the Sanderson sisters go up to the witches and they're like, oh my God, can I take a photo with you guys? So they take like a Snapchat selfie. Yeah. And we see the image. It's like a super filtered photo, like yeah. one that totally like smooths out your skin and it's like changes glowing. your face shape and right. your nose. And yeah. There's like little hearts on it. Yeah. And the witches are like, oh my God, we look amazing. Like it worked. Yeah. And they're like, why are these children dressed like us? I feel like maybe watching it i didn't feel this way but repeating it mm -hmm. back i'm like there's so much exposition yeah like there's so much explaining i mm -hmm. i need less of that yeah because they don't do this in the first one let's do a little show don't tell right show don't tell i like it mm -hmm. yeah there's again they're like okay um they're dressed like you because they worship you and sarah jessica parker's like of course like of course <laughs> her tiny little voice and uh, mary turns around and screams and the witches see their faces in like one of the convex mirrors mm -hmm. and they're horrified and they're like the little box lied <laughs> so winifred grabs one of the walgreens workers and he's like how many children's souls are in those potions how many tell me and he's like zero <laughs> Please don't touch me. Yep. So they turn around to Becca, who tries to like play it off. And she's like, no, it's just bad lighting. Like, really, you look amazing. 
That's when Winifred takes out the lights and Walgreens is blacked out. She almost saps Becca, but Becca runs away just in time and bumps into Izzy, who's carrying like pouches of salt and like Mm -hmm. salt grinders. Yeah. (laughs) And Winifred is literally like ready to get her this time. But we get this. Actually, I thought it was a very cool shot of like Mm. the zap about to hit and them just like tearing open the salt and like pouring it and it bounces right off of them. So (gasps) the salt really does work. Yeah. So the girls run away and Winifred is like, okay, we need the book so we can brew the potion. Otherwise our fate will be sealed at sunrise again. And Sarah tries to say they already drank the life potion, but Winifred is like, that was a hoax. Again, we were tricked. Mm -hmm. They're like, we must fly. Winifred grabs a broomstick, like straight from some sort of display. Yeah. Sarah grabs a Swiffer wet jet and Mary ends up with two Roombas on her feet. Again, what kind of Walgreens is this? (laughs) I've never seen a Walgreens that has a Roomba. A Roomba? Okay. So in the sky, Winifred is like, we must go get the book and go to the cottage to make our potion so we can run amok in Salem. So Izzy and Becca bust into the magic shop and they're like, Gilbert, where the fuck did you get that candle? We need to hide the book. The witches are going to be here any second. And he's like, oh my God, the Sanderson sisters. It worked. So he rushes over to the book. He sees that it's awake. So he unlocks the door. He frees the book from its constraints and opens it up. He's like, I'm Gilbert the Great. Like, I'm such a huge fan. And the Mm -hmm. book starts beaming up. It's like beam of light so that the Sanderson sisters can find it. So Becca shuts the book. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Gilbert asks, you know, what are the sisters like? Do they sing? Because they love to sing. Turns out. Gilbert used the girls to bring the sisters back because he couldn't do it himself since he's not a virgin. <laughs> it's like a really weird conversation. They're like, why couldn't you have lit the candle? And he's like, uh, yeah. And like, <laughs> you guys hang out here all the time. So I know you're not fucking. <laughs> so <laughs> the girls are like, why would you bring them back? They're evil. And he's like, only because they had to be, they were way ahead of their time and they are misunderstood, but like now everybody loves them. So like, why wouldn't I bring them back? Bro. Bro. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Damn. So the Sanderson sisters bust through the door to their old house and they're upset to find it like clean, no rat tails. <gasps> and Gilbert introduces himself as their biggest fan. And Winifred summons her book forward and Mary grabs the teen. So we're in, we're in go mode here. Sarah's like, we need to kill them now. But Winifred is like, a quick death would be too kind and has them thrown in the dungeon, which is like basically an unfinished basement. I yeah. think dungeon's <laughs> a little, a little too mm-hmm. broad of a word, but yeah. Gilbert is like, um, like maybe we could talk about this. And Winifred is like, no. Gilbert is fucking useless. <laughs> he is. He is, dude. He's like a, a stick. So mm-hmm. Winifred casts a spell so they can escape and no one can hear them scream. Like all of their efforts to get out will be useless. Yeah. 
So Gilbert tries like very half-heartedly to defend the girls. He's like, oh, maybe let's not do that. But anyways, um, I've been trying to bring you guys back ever since I saw you flying through Salem 29 years ago on Halloween night. After their demise, he went back to the Sanderson house and saw that the book was still awake, and the book showed him how to make another black flame candle, which is where I wonder, okay, you were like a child, you were like 12 or something 29 years ago, so you've had this black flame candle all this time, why didn't you just do this yourself while you were still a virgin? Mm -hmm. So after we get all this exposition again, lots of exposition, Mary then finds a campaign flyer for Mayor Trask that the girls dropped off earlier. And she's like, oh, no, it's the reverend. And Gilbert's like, oh, no, like, that's the mayor. He's one of the reverend's descendants. And the witches are like, god damn it, we should have killed the whole family line when we had the chance. (laughs) Then we'd be the ones ruling Salem. Winifred decides that they're going to do the Magica Maxima power spell. And Mary is like, oh, I don't know. We promised we would never do it. And Winifred is like, well, that promise has expired. And she tries to flip to that page in the book, but the book keeps shutting itself to stop her. It refuses Mm -hmm. to show her this page. And she's like, help me get the book open. And her and Mary are trying to pry it open. And Sarah's like, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about helping you. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually Winifred uses a spell to like force the book to open up to the page. And she immediately skips past the warning. They don't have time for warnings. And, you know, starts reading the instructions. Since the spell must be done in a sacred place, they'll use the forbidden wood. Mm -hmm. Um, They also need the head of a lover. And Sarah's – and they're like, oh, but all our lovers are dead. And Sarah's like, well, we could find a new one. But then Winfred's like, no, we'll use my old lover, Billy Butcherson. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Billy, he's like, I just want to chill out. Yeah. And I keep hearing this irritating, grating. (laughs) <laughs> poor billy so yeah they need a couple of other ingredient ingredients some of which include uh the blood of their enemy yeah it's a pretty tall order i would say like pretty quick turnaround i agree gilbert is trying to sneak away and winifred is like where's my hourglass and he's like um you know i don't remember an hourglass actually i don't think i've ever seen it or heard of it Mm. and mary's like oh no problem we'll just have to kill you (gasps) and gilbert's like actually i think i do have it let me go look for that yeah then gilbert's cat it's cobweb i think yeah he like jumps on the table and the witches are like thackeray binks and i'm like okay probably you're right about that i do think it's thackeray well at the end of the first movie oh no he goes yeah. back to the you're right yeah he's freed him and emily reunite yes. and they go off to you know a peaceful rest in the afternoon. i forgot about that yeah yeah i did just watch hocus pocus one like last week so it's it's fresh so gilbert manages to find the hourglass and he pulls it out and winifred is like okay i'm going to fucking curse you She's like, you have to collect all the ingredients on the list before the hourglass runs out or you'll forfeit your life. So 
Then Winifred puts book on the shelf while they go off to find Trask because they need the blood of their enemy. Yeah. So the girls are in the dungeon, quote unquote, and they can hear this whole thing happening. They're freaking out. Mm -hmm. You know, Winifred is en route to kill everyone in the town. So they try to FaceTime Cassie to tell her what's going on. But because of the spell, she can't see or hear them. And she's like, oh, butt dial. Great. I'm like, Cassie. (laughs) What's going on here? You seem pretty upset. I wonder why. (laughs) So Izzy then remembers the Angelica leaves that they have. They lift curses. Oh, how convenient that they have that in their pockets. Very convenient. And can immediately just rectify the situation they're in. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, if a candle can bring back the dead, why can't potpourri bring back the stairs? But that line was fun. Yeah. So we then go to the cemetery where Gilbert has to go and dig up Billy Butcherson's <laughs> corpse, um, which is a pretty horrifying thing. Let the man chill. Yeah, but luckily for him, Billy just pops right out of the ground and Gilbert screams while running away. But Billy's like, I'm not a bad zombie. I'm a good zombie. I'm not even chasing you. <laughs> Gilbert's like, how are you still alive? And Billy explains that he was never put back to rest 29 years ago. And I'm like, Max! Max, you couldn't put the man back to rest. God, <laughs> forgot I'm about like, you Billy. you forgot something. So he's just been chilling in the ground for 30 years. Maybe he gets out sometimes. Yeah. I'd like to think he goes on strolls or something. Mm, yeah, a nice little moonlight stroll. So Gilbert tells Billy that the sisters are back and he needs Billy's help so he can uh uh kill Winifred for good. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. Totally. And he basically like reveals that everybody knows the legend about how she killed Billy because he cheated on her with Sarah. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what happened. Winifred and I kissed once and then she sullied my name for eternity. And it is it is unclear to me like the whole involvement with Sarah, like when that would have happened. Because Sarah says that like Billy was her lover. So, like, I assume that she's telling the truth. Wait, when did Sarah say that Billy was her lover? She said that earlier when they were talking about how they needed the blood of, or the head of a lover. And Winifred is like, oh, Billy Butcherson, my old lover. And Sarah's like, well, actually, Winifred, like, he was my lover. And Winifred is like, oh, please, you were just a fling. So I'm like, when did this Sarah-Billy thing happen? That I don't know. Right? In some ways, I kind of wish that this movie, like, that they just did a prequel oh, that would about been... like the lore yeah. and like, you know, the witches back in, in the Salem time, but they, they just gave us a little snippet, but like, there's some, I have so many questions. I agree. I also just really love Billy. Like I was happy to see him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I loved him in the like original Hocus Pocus. And I think yeah. he's just such a dynamic character and he adds like, another layer of their mm-hmm. history and then he's yeah. also like really a good guy mm-hmm. he's just this little zombie that wants to help yeah and i like that he actually got to like talk this whole time whereas right. last time his mouth was sewn shut so he could not so yeah basically billy says that you know he only kissed winifred once and gilbert's like okay well if you help me gather everything that i need for the spell then i will make sure i spread the word about the truth about like how you died and everything Mm -hmm. so billy agrees and uh gilbert does reach out to shake his hand and billy's hand does come right off because uh he's a zombie 
So, you know, just zombie things. So the witches are at the festival. They're on the hunt for Mayor Trask, who is just happy as a peach in line for his tasty caramel apple. He is bursting at the seams here. He's like ready, rearing and ready to go. Um, so the sisters are walking through. They see people like bobbing for apples. They think that they're being drowned. They're, they're like, I love it here. Mm-mm. The Roombas are trying to vacuum up popcorn that has fallen on the ground. Yeah. I can only imagine being on gravel would ruin a Roomba. Just de- demolish oh, it. Oh, sh- fucking shred those wheels. Right. <laughs> right. So Winifred goes up to a woman who's like dressed as a witch and she's like, poisoned apple, poisoned apple. And she's like, oh, you should never announce that they're poison or else no one will eat them. Amateur. (laughs) Mary is excited. She's like, maybe we could have like a little bite. And Winifred's like, no eating until we find the mayor. Damn, she runs a tight ship. I know. So meanwhile, back in the dungeon, Becca and Izzy light a circle of the Angelica leaves on fire and nothing happens at first. So they're like, oh, let's like wave our hands like the witches do. So they wave their hands over and they repeat, lift the curse and let us out. And we see from underneath that Becca's hand is glowing blue. What but she that? can't see it because it's underneath her hand. Yeah. How clever. Mm, how, how convenient. How, how convenient. So the curse is lifted. They escape and they're like, okay. We got to keep Mr. Trask somewhere safe and we got to keep the book away from the witches. Right. So Becca calls Mayor Trask and narks on how Cassie is throwing a party with boys at his house. He is in line for his caramel apple right now and he's like, oh my God, my daughter's going to ruin her future. So he turns around to the couple behind him who are dressed as the devil and his wife from the movie. That was probably the spiciest Disney Channel scene ever. Yeah. So this leads me to believe, right, that in this universe, if people are dressing up as like the characters from the movie and we also see people watching Hocus Pocus. Oh, the movie came out. I'm like, does that mean that Hocus Pocus is a documentary or that it's like a dramatization of real life events? (laughs) Or does it mean... They really tried to bump up the nostalgia factor by having. I know, I know that's what it means, but <laughs> I'm interested in in, the, in the universe. universe. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, hmm. I do know that they also like included these costumes and that like specific clip from the movie because they did it like as a as an homage to Penny mm-hmm. and Gary Marshall who played those roles and have passed away since. So, I did think that was nice to kind of like honor them with a little yeah, absolutely. a little nod. Yeah. So, yeah, he turns around to this couple and he tells them to save his place in the candy apple line. We go back to the magic shop where Becca finds the actual book nestled in the shelf with all like the fake copies that Gilbert sells. And the book is like, actually, we see like a drop of sweat yeah. <laughs> go down the book as she's looking for it. So they try to leave with the book, but book has a mind of its own and starts like flying up into the air while Becca is holding on to it. So Izzy like pulls her down. The book flies back to the shelf and they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. We just got to get to Cassie's house before the witches do. So we go back to the Sanderson sisters and this guy approaches them at the Halloween festival. He's like... Oh, I bet you're looking for the stage, aren't you? And Winifred Sanderson, <laughs> Bat Midler, just goes, always. <laughs> and I'm like, Bat. Oh, Bat. 
you were. You always have been. Yeah. So they go up on the stage and they're hosting a Sanderson sisters costume contest. And the sisters are like, oh my God, like this crowd must be our worshipers. Like this must be the altar. So Mary goes up to um, a man who's like dressed up as her. And she's like, is this what I look like? Damn, we look foxy and like wings. <laughs> like Kathy Najibi is like getting oh, her time. Love her. You can talk about this because I'm not familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. So we then see um, another trio, another, you know, trio of contestants. And it is Cornbread, Ginger Minge, and Kamora Hall. Fabulous drag queens. They're all amazing. And Winifred goes up to Ginger Minge, who is dressed as her, and she just goes, lose the teeth. And I think Ginger <laughs> Minge is like, mind your business. Yeah. So, yeah. That was an, a cute little cameo. So the winners are picked. Of course, it's a group of girls wearing, like, short, like, tutu skirts. And I was like, at least let the drag queens win. Yeah. Like, they, they were way better. Out. Right. So... Winifred grabs the award out of their hands and she's like, be gone. And then the the guy, the host is like, hey, like calm down. Winifred chucks the award at one of the judges and just like, like big metal clang. Yeah. Big metal clang alert. It's like Junie when he has the like lockbox on his wrist and you hear it like, (laughs) like, like, yeah. It sounds like she killed him. Right. Christina's note literally reads, um, and it sounds like it killed him for real. (laughs) (laughs) It did. I was like, is he dead? Is he alive? not moving. The host is literally just like, oh, well. And he like walks away. Yeah. He's like, stupid witch. And then walks away. (laughs) So Winifred addresses the crowd and she's like, we came for the blood of thy mare. But where is he? But doesn't know where he is. So she's like, all right, I'm going to bewitch the audience. Kicks all the contestants off stage and tells the band to try to keep up. And so naturally, um, the band jumps right into another musical number. They know the song. They know the key. Everybody is dialed in. Um, Because if there's anything that the Sanderson sisters love, it is a musical number. Um, Especially Ben Midler. (laughs) And I might say... Absolutely, Bette Midler. Yeah. So they begin singing one way or another and uh, simply having a great time. And they also, like, through the lyrics, they, like, cast this spell. So the entire crowd is, like, entranced by them. So they ask Salem to lead them to the mayor. And the crowd starts, like, dance marching through (laughs) the streets. The sisters are flying behind them. Meanwhile... We see that Izzy and Becca have stolen Gilbert's trolley because he also does this like haunted like tour or whatever yeah. of the town. And they steal his trolley and they get to Cassie's house where she is cleaning up after her party while her dad heads back to the festival to get his apple. I'm praying for him. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. All he wants is his fucking caramel apple. The witches are flying behind the crowd and they're just like 
they're going so slowly. Like we need to fan out. I'm like, pick a higher BPM song next time. Right. So they're like, okay, we'll go find him ourselves. So they like fly through the town looking for him. We see Winifred fly past that window where we see a couple um, watching Hocus Pocus, very meta. Becca tries to call Cassie, but Cassie won't pick up. Trask goes back to the festival to try and find that couple that was holding his place in line, but they already got their apples. So, like, he's got to start over again. Oh, no. They should have just got... He's the mayor. Like, right? recognize, just get the mayor an apple, bro. Set one set one aside for he's him. He's a nice mayor. I would let him cut in line. I would be like, you know what? You go first. I will wait the extra 30 seconds for my candy apple. He did the time. Yeah. He put the hours in. Mm-hmm. So we then see Billy and Gilbert. They're harvesting various ingredients in the woods. And Mm -hmm. the townspeople continue with their big dance number. So the witches are fanning out, looking for Trask, but they haven't found him yet. And Sarah suggests they inquire with someone. And Winifred's like, "Who, who would be stupid enough to lead us to the mayor? Cut to Cassie's house, where Izzy and Becca finally arrive. And Cassie's obviously pissed that they told her dad that she was having a party. Mm -hmm. And they're like, where's your dad? Where's your dad? And she's like, he went back to the festival to get his candy apple. Suddenly you see Mike running his little like football butt off to Cassie's house, like pursued by the Sanderson sisters. So the girls rush inside, but the Sanderson's bust open the door and spread out to find Trask. And Winifred's like, like spread out, like find them. Sarah tries to like spread out her body, like reaching out her arms and like filling up the hallway. And yeah, she's doing a little bit. She's having her little moment. Yeah. They say something. I forget what they said, but it sounds like Siri. So Siri starts going off. Oh yeah. It's like an Alexa box. Yeah. A little like echo. And the witches think there's a woman trapped in the box and they start to scream. Technology. I do, I do hate like Alexas and Echoes and all those. They like really freak me out. Oh, I think they're quite creepy. Mm-hmm. But I guess like you can still like you can spy on people like with the phones, the cell phones. It's true. I just don't feel like there's anything I need that urgently that I couldn't like right. just go do on my own. Like I don't need to be like Alexa, play this song. Like I can just do that. I don't know. I guess the only the I mean the people who I've I've seen use it the most are Christina's parents. Mm. And they will like play music during dinner or right. ask it questions. But for me, I'm like I I don't even live in a house big enough where I could be like, Alexa, turn on the lights. Yeah. I'm like two steps in the next room. So. Right. Yeah. I guess if you lived in like a bigger house and I don't know if you had like speakers in multiple spots. Yeah. I could see. But. But yeah. It's like. I know. OG. I'm just always in my room and my phone is like always within arm's reach. So. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So anyways. We go to the festival. Trask has finally gotten his caramel apple. All is well in Salem. Mm -hmm. Except for the fact that the bewitched crowd then uh, comes up and dances around him. They, you know, put him in the middle of a circle. And he's like, oh my god, it's a flash mob. I've seen these on TV. I love these. 
man, I wish I knew the steps. And I'm like, you are just so sweet. He's so adorable. <laughs> but now that they found him, the spell is broken. So everybody's like, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? What's going on? And somehow, somehow in the shuffle, the mayor has lost his apple. And I, I tried know. to like rewind to see it get taken. And it's literally like he's holding it in one shot. And then we cut to another shot and it's gone. He's not holding it. Yeah, I'm like, for sure. Okay. You would think he'd be holding on to it with dear life. Right? Like clutch to the chest. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, devastation strikes Salem because Sandy has finished <gasps> her apples. That's He employed her. Like, yeah, it's a hard day for Mr. Trask. It is. Meanwhile, we see Billy and Gilbert are playing carnival games to get this spider, like plush toy, because they need mm-hmm. like a like a petrified spider or yeah. something. And they're like, yeah, this will do. So Gilbert notices the time and he's like, oh, you know what? I just got to go. I'm going to go grab something from the magic shop. You keep playing. And so he runs to check the hourglass. Yes. Back at Trask's house, the sisters are checking the garage where they find Becca. They're about to kill them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when Becca pulls out a water bottle and she's like, this is the last bit of Aurelia juice left in all of Salem. And you need to let me go or else I will pour it out. And I'm like, guys, why, why would you believe her? Why? Why would you believe this? She's done nothing but lie to you. And the sisters are like, why are you so willing to die for Salem? And like, what did Salem ever do for you? And Becca's like, well, nobody in Salem has tried to kill me or take over the town. That's true. Yeah. They're like, it's unattractive to hold a grudge. And she's like, how about that 300-year-old grudge that you've been holding on to? Yeah. Why don't you let that go? So they're like, we had to hold our grudge because they tried to separate us. Like Trask tried to take us away from each other. Then Becca yells now and Cassie and Izzy pop up out of nowhere and encircled witches with salt. So they're trapped. The magic can't penetrate the salt circle. And then Becca reveals that it was just water. And I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Then like the tension immediately broken. Yeah. What did it ever exist? No. Um, <laughs> so Sarah suggests they bewitch them with song and lure them into setting them free. And I think Mary starts off and she's like, okay, I'm going to be like, like I'm up, up here. here. And then she's like, you're down here. And Sarah's like, well, if I had known, like I was going to sing like, like down there, like I would have warmed up a little bit more first. Yeah. So I could and be down here. Like, <laughs> Everyone is running off. Like, it's over. Yeah. And Winifred is like, you cannot tell people that you want to bewitch them when you're about to bewitch them. Classic. Like, you got a point. Yeah. You have a point. One thing that I I really felt um, come through in this one that we didn't see as much in the original was like, I do think Sarah is truly like a very sweet lady, but... She, mm-hmm. you know, was raised by Winifred, who is not, um, and she's, like, very devoted to her, so she'll just, like, do whatever Winifred wants. But I do think that, like, in another life, in another world, like, Sarah could have yeah. been, like, a good witch. Definitely agree. 
So we go back to the magic shop. Gilbert is checking the hourglass. He tries to like turn it over to give himself more time, but it doesn't work. It's bewitched, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Billy comes in with the spider and sees Gilbert with the hourglass and realizes that the Sandersons cursed him (gasps) and he's not trying to kill them. He's trying to help them. So Billy is like, I want no part of this, obviously. Right. So he starts to leave, but Gilbert goes after him. He's like, no, like I need I need the head of Winifred's lover. And he's like, I'm not Winifred's lover. But he manages to get Billy to stand still for long enough for him to rip his head off. Billy cannot catch a break. I, this poor man just wants to rest in peace. That's all he wants. He said he's getting his getting his head ripped off, he's getting his mouth sewn shut. I'm trying to rest in peace when I hear this agitating grating sound. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the teens are at the trolley and Mike is pissed and he tells Beck and Izzy like this is why you shouldn't mess around with witchery. I feel like we have a missing scene between Mike and the Sandersons. Like, it's never explained how, like, right. they... There's got to be a missing scene that they just cut for time or whatever. I, I agree. Because it's just all of a sudden they're running after him and he's leading them there. I completely agree. Like, I'm like, where did you find him? Mm-hmm. Why is he running to Cassie's? Like, the party already ended. Yeah. I get, like, if there was a reason that they found him. Yeah. Like, I I'm, I need some holes filled. For sure. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're done. You are done. So Mike is like, this is why you shouldn't mess around with witchery. And Cassie's like, well, they probably didn't do it on purpose. And Becca tells them it was Gilbert who freaking tricked them. There's a lot of trickery happening in this movie. Yeah. They're like, um, you would know if you had been there. And Cassie's like... <laughs> I don't feel welcome because you iced me out. She reveals that she has been trying to hang out with them for months, mm-hmm. but they would either flake or not respond. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. What? And Becca's like, well, that's because um, you'd only invite us to things with like Mike and his jock friends. And Cassie's like, I didn't know you were mad about that. Like, you never told me. Communication is key, ladies. I'm like, a year's old friendship was ruined because you guys decided not to like tell each other what was bothering you. Yeah. What are you talking about? So I do find this plot to be insanely thin, but like, we're yeah. just going to ride it out. Yeah. And Cassie's like, yeah, I didn't know you were mad about that. You never told me. And asked, why they'd want to hang out with people that just make fun of them. And that's when Mike is like, wait, I don't make fun of you. And Becca's like, you think we're witches and like call us weird. And Mike is like, well, that's because you like hang out in magic shops and like carry crystals. I mean, I think it's weird, but I don't make fun of you. And then Becca says, pointing out people's differences and saying they're weird is making fun of someone. And Mike is like, Oh my God. What? I had no idea. He's like, I thought we were just having conversations. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like I have a lot of people to apologize to, which I do think was funny, but I also thought it was like a big, like hammer hitting me on the head of like Mm. bullying's bad. Bullying's bad. It was a little ham fisted. What was that? What'd you say? Ham fisted. That sounds so inappropriate. 
<laughs> it's not. It's like a I need common, a hand uh, fist to fill in my holes. <laughs> it basically means like clumsy ham fisted. That's interesting. Yeah, like incompetent, like inept, kind of like uh, gotcha. what like a ham fisted way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the opposite of refined. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Trask drives home from his devastating night of the carnival. And he tries to enter his garage where he finds the three witches just standing there. And he's like, oh, hello. Um, yeah, Cassie's party is over. So you gotta, gotta go home. Get an older crowd out. than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Oh, you're you're dressed as the Sanderson sisters, like great costumes. And Winifred is like, sew up your lip, you pious, pompous fool, or whatever. And he's like, Okay, we're giving a performance now. Um, you know, I love the commitment. I love the resting witch face. Like, oh, you, you want to do a bit? Like, I'll, I'll let me play the reverend. <laughs> I can do a bit. <laughs> I hate the Sanderson sisters. Ah, oh, that that wasn't very good. Anyways, let me introduce myself. And I'm like, Sir, you're too sweet for your own good. You find three strange old ladies standing in your garage and you're like, ah, let me be. I'm not being a good host. Yeah. Let me introduce myself. (laughs) Allow me to reintroduce myself. He goes up to introduce himself, like shake their hands, but the kids run up just in time so he doesn't pass the salt circle. And the sisters realize that the Trask bloodline continues with Cassie. Mm. So... Trask asks the kids, like, what the fuck is going on? And Becca starts trying to, like, do a salt circle around him to protect him. And he's like, okay, listen, I'm not in the mood for this. I've had an awful day. (laughs) First, like, my daughter throws a party without my permission. And then the gothic golden girls are in my garage. And then I think Izzy's like, well, at least you got your apple. And he's like, no, I didn't fucking get my apple. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I tried and I never got it. And I had to go to Walgreens where the lights were out. Who turns the lights out in Walgreens? And I had to get this package <laughs> thing, which could very well be just a caramel covered matzo ball. But I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to like it. <laughs> Goes inside. <laughs> this poor man. Poor guy. Even still, he's like, I'm going to eat it, though. And it's going to be great because he's always looking to the positive. What a sweetheart. He is a cheerful man. So once the teens walk away, because they're like, all right, we gotta we gotta leave this. That's enough of that. <laughs> this tense family moment. The witches notice something emerging from the darkness. What could it be? The Roombas. They hate mess, and they have come to vacuum up all the salt, which was yes, very ma'am. convenient. <laughs> Yes, ma'am, it was convenient. I wonder, like, what came first if, like, they initially decided to put her on the Roombas and then they just, like, happened upon this, like, way out of this project, like, when they're writing the script, right? If they, like, yeah. were, like, oh, this would be a perfect place for, like, this. Or if they had this idea for the salt and then they were, like, oh, we'll just put her on Roombas. The chicken or the egg, what came exactly. first? <laughs> I want to say it was the Roombas because mm-hmm. they had the Roomba idea and then they're like, okay, so how can we make this moment of conflict? Like they're going to put them in an, in a salt circle. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, that's perfect. Cause the Roombas can come and clean. Like, I feel like yeah. they interplayed into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite convenient. People are saying. Yeah. 
So the girls go back to the trolley and they tell Cassie they can hang out here and watch out for the Sandersons until sunrise. That's when Winifred flies in and just snatches Cassie up. And when the girls try to reach for her, Becca's hand starts glowing again. So that just leave that in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And the girls start running into the woods. I'm just now realizing that um, this moment where Cassie is snatched up, you know, by Winifred is reminiscent of the director's uh, other film, The Proposal, when that little dog gets snatched up by the (gasps) eagle. Oh my gosh. Recycling, recycling. Mm. So in the woods, Gilbert has set up all the ingredients for the witches, the head of the lover, witches butter, Aurelia berry juice, a petrified spider, I guess. And Gilbert's like, wow, thank God, I'm not going to die today. And Billy's like, um, you know, they're still going to kill you, right? Right. Why would you think that solved it? Mm-hmm. And Gilbert's like, well, not if I kill them first. And I'm like, you don't have a plan, Gilbert. Shut up, Gilbert. You've done enough. You got nothing. So he tries to blow out the candle. That's his big plan. Oh, let me just blow out the black flame candle. Because if that could be done, don't you think someone would have done it by now? Um, obviously it doesn't work because it stays lit. Mm-hmm. It won't go out until sunrise. Then suddenly Cassie is dropped on the ground like a hot potato <laughs> and the witches stroll up and Winfred's like, oh, hello, Billy. And he's like, hello, you withering hag. Damn. So Winifred then spells his mouth shut again. And I think that it spells out the, I think it spells out the word kill is what the stitching. Um, oh, clever. Says. And notice that. So she then summons the book who flies directly into her hand. And Gilbert is like, oh, well, you still don't have the blood of your enemy. Like, Cassie's not your enemy. And Winifred is like, oh, yes, but she carries the enemy's blood. She's a trask. Mm. So she then, you know, cuts Cassie for a drop of her blood, puts it on the altar, and binds her hands and feet. And she thanks Gilbert for his assistance, but says he is now redundant. And then zaps him and man just goes flying across the woods yeah so the witches begin reciting the incantation and becca and izzy like watch from behind a tree and see cassie tied up while the witches are reciting the spell and this like mentioned randomly some time ago but like they have to do the spell seven times so it's pretty long and izzy notices becca's hand is glowing again she really is a witch and Izzy's like, I'm sorry, this is like a really big moment for you, but like you have to use your magic so we can save Cassie and stop the witches. Um, so we get over, get over that. So yeah. Becca walks up and tries to just like zap them, but she's not powerful enough to take on a whole coven. So Cassie and Izzy start like throwing rocks at them. And they're like, she does have her own coven. Like it's us. Then Sarah manages to send off a zap of her own and realizes she is suddenly as powerful as Winifred, and so is Mary. It didn't dawn on me until this point that Mary and Sarah are not actually witches. Like they don't they didn't have powers before this. Right. But I guess I was wondering that too, because like they all fly. Well, I think it's because like Winifred can like share her power in the same way that we see like Becca do that. I think it's like that, but they don't have like powers of their own, which I thought was interesting. I I never put that together before. Yeah. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. I was really confused when she was like, I can do magic too. I was like, 
Couldn't you always? Yeah. But I guess Sarah did say like her only job was luring the children and like Mary was like the potion master. Mm. So Cassie and Izzy managed to run off in the chaos and Winifred finally gets everyone focused by like calling them fools. And she's like, you know, go get the girls. So Sarah then zaps Winifred and says she's not a fool. She is a good and loyal sister and she expects to be seen as such. Good for you, girl. I know. Too bad Winifred's like, shut up and get going. And Sarah and Mary just run off immediately. Never revisited. Um, So Winifred zaps Becca to keep her down and Becca's like, "Um, you don't want to do that spell. It might seem like you don't have a choice, but you do. And Winifred is like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I am not talking to you. I'm talking to the book. Becca manages to summon the book to come to her hand. (gasps) Right, right. Book is smarter than don't judge a book by its cover, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Winifred is horrified and Becca just runs off with the book. So the girls reunite somewhere else in the woods and they huddle up to try and figure out a plan. And the book actually like opens up to the warning page of the power spell, which says that if one performs the spell to keep all the power for themselves, they must be willing to trade what they value most. What could that be? Mm. So the witches like fly over them and Becca manages to block uh, their zaps with her power. She creates like a force field, like a shield situation. And the witches keep trying to penetrate it. And then like they are managing to kind of like break it down a bit because they are more powerful. So Izzy remembers the line, power is meant to be shared. So they all hold hands to share Becca's power. And between the three of them, they're able to like keep the force field strong. Yeah. So Becca yells that even with her sisters just as powerful as Winifred is, she still can't win. And Winifred is like, oh, please, my sisters are mere parasites. Like, I'm still the most powerful. And Becca's like, you couldn't even finish the spell. And now it's too late because I have the book. And Winifred is like, sweetie baby, I don't need the book to finish the spell. Damn. I got it all up here. (laughs) And nothing will save Salem from our wrath. It's all right up here. Got a steel trap. (laughs) So the sisters fly off and Becca realizes that telling them the warning is going to be the only way to stop them. Right. The witches say the final incantation before the girls are able to stop them. And the spell is complete. And like the black flame candle has gone out, but they're still there. So it's like really Mm. all over. And the witches start fawning over Winifred's efforts and they're like oh my gosh we'll never die and all of Salem shall pay then Winifred's powers set off thunder and lightning and they're still rejoicing when the girls finally make it back Becca tells Winifred about the warning and the power spell that takes what you value most then we see Mary and Sarah begin disintegrating into dust. I think Sarah's like, Winnie, the wind is taking my fingers. Oh. I know. And Mary begs Winnie not to forget them. Winnie is horrified to see her sisters fading away. And Sarah and Mary bid farewell before 
disappearing completely. Then Winifred tries to like take the spell back, like rescind it, reverse it, but there's no way to do it. Her sisters are just gone. So she begs Book to undo what's been done. She's like, please, for like old time's sake. And Becca explains they were the price that had to be paid for ultimate power. And Winifred is like, Book, like truly, can nothing truly be done? And says her doing has been her undoing and kind of like feels heartbroken. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's this feeling? I think it's my heart. I fear it's breaking. Mm. So book does open up to a page, but it's for Becca. And Winifred realizes Becca is a new witch. So Winifred begs her for help and says that her powers are nothing without her sisters. Mm. So Becca doesn't reverse the spell. Instead, she casts another spell for reuniting. And Winifred doesn't see anything happening. And Becca's like, spell doesn't bring your sisters back. It sends you to be with them. And Winifred begins disintegrating too. She laughs in delight and thanks Becca and says that they are lucky to have each other. And finally, Winifred disappears and reunites with her sisters in the afterlife. And Book just sheds a tear. It really makes me wonder what the other ending was. I know. Because this ending, the idea I liked, mm-hmm. but the practice, like it was better in theory than in practice, I think. Yeah. I just don't think they really earned it. Right. There was never like, like we talk, I can't remember if you said this on the thing, but we knew Mayor Trask was never going to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed like no one would actually be killed because it's like a Disney mm-hmm. Channel movie. Yeah. But even so, there was like never a sense of danger. I understand what this movie was trying to do and kind of like re-examine the the witch trials and like right like what gilbert says where it's like oh yeah they were evil because they had to be like they were ahead of their time and like we get to see a little bit of that in their like little backstory at the beginning i wish that they Mm -hmm. had like leaned more into kind of like righting the wrong of the way that like the witches were treated and like therefore became evil so that this ending would feel more earned where it's just like we get more glimpses throughout the movie of like these sisters and their love for each other and that like maybe they don't necessarily want to be like maliciously evil but they like did that as a defense mechanism because they were outcast and they were like banished and they were treated badly and they were ultimately killed yeah but it's also hard to reconcile that with the fact that like yeah they were killing children and eating them they were killing children that's the big thing i guess like how do you redeem yeah. that character? Yeah. I, I, that being said, I did like the, I, oh, well, let's finish the, the thingy yeah. and then I'll. Well, yeah, we'll do our, our final thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So the girls realize that the sisters are now gone for good. Gilbert and Billy finally show up and he is like, I'm here to stop you, Sanderson's. And Becca's like, yeah, you're too late. Um, but thanks so much for your help. <laughs> Gilbert is super relieved because he, again, did not have a plan. We also see that Billy's mouth is now free. It's no longer sewn shut. And Gilbert puts his head back on his body. The least you could do after you so rudely ripped it off. Right. 
Billy then start disintegrating too, because now that the Sandersons are gone, like all of their spells are lifted. The girls are like, oh my God, you're Billy Butcherson. Like you're Winifred's boyfriend. But Gilbert's like, no, Billy, I promise to tell the world the truth about you. So silly. And Billy bids them good night for his eternal rest at last. Finally, finally, the man can get some fucking peace. Amen to that. So Gilbert apologizes for everything. And Becca's like, yeah, it's okay. But just no more magic candles. And she also decides that she's going to keep the book for herself. It could use a new home. And uh, Gilbert says that he should go and, you know, check on Cobweb, his cat, at the shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, tells them that they get discounts. He initially does say 20%, but then is like, actually, you get 10% off. 10%. I'm a small business. (laughs) (laughs) So... They walk home and talk about what the hell just happened. And they do the Sanderson sisters, which walk where it's like long strides and they cross over each other. Mm-hmm. And we see the crow flying after them. Could that be the crow from the beginning of the movie? <gasps> My gosh, the mother witch. And credits, we see the witches in the recording studio singing the witch the witch, the witches are back. And post-credit, I did not see this. Oh, yeah, there's a post-credit scene. Yeah, Gilbert's cat, Cobweb, like, is kind of just, you know, bopping around the shop, and he jumps up onto a shelf where there's yeah. a box labeled Black <sighs> Flame Candle Number 2. Okay, that's really detailed labeling. Yep. <laughs> so... Laying the groundwork for a sequel, potentially. Who knows? I'm going to need a prequel before a sequel. I agree. Yeah. So now that we finish, Here's a list of my What are your thoughts? (laughs) I love doing this thing lately where I hear people's opinions of a movie, and then I don't watch the movie. And then if someone brings up the movie, I'm like, I heard that was bad, actually. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I did with this movie, because I heard it was Mm -hmm. good. But then I had talked to people who were like, oh, I really enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. I liked watching this movie. Yeah. Like, I want us to watch it when you come. Mm-hmm. Or, like, we can drink while we watch it. Yeah. Like, it's have <laughs> to be a true, you know, mm-hmm. ears in. But I really, like, enjoyed it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can honestly say I'll, I'll watch this movie again. It was fun. Yeah. The performances are incredible. Like, it's undeniable that Kathy Najimy, Sarah Jessica Parker... Um, that Midler are amazing actresses. Like, yeah. And I like um, Sam Richardson and mm-hmm. I'm forgetting his name, but he was also in Veep, like Tony Hale. Yeah. Tony Hale. I really thought they did a great job. And I loved Billy. Oh my gosh. I loved Billy Butcherson being yeah. back because I really liked him in the first one. So like there were all these components um, that made it enjoyable but I don't think if I had never seen Hocus Pocus and I just seen this movie and I didn't have like any of that nostalgia factor that I would say that, like I'd, I'd probably mm. say it's just like a bad movie with like good actors. Right. I, so I didn't watch Hocus Pocus growing up. Like I watched it for the first time when I was in college. So I don't have like yeah. the nostalgia factor. It's the same with Halloween Town as well. I didn't watch it until I was in college or older. So mm-hmm. I like enjoy them and I appreciate them and I I think that they're like fun movies to watch and I still watch them every year. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't have that nostalgia factor so I think that's why I wasn't like 
as bothered by this movie that I think people who grew up on Hocus Pocus might be because like there's so many ties to the original and like in your childhood and stuff. And it's always like hard to divorce that from like watching it as a grown up when you're watching like a kid's movie because the movie doesn't age with you. Right. The movie like Hocus Pocus 2 is still a kid's movie. It's not for like it, like adults can watch it, but it's not like geared towards adults, right? So then yeah. I think that's why a lot of people don't like these sequels because the movie isn't aging with them. But that being said, I just think that like there were some opportunities that they kind of missed to maybe connect it a little bit more to the first one. Like I get that they didn't want it to be super connected because they wanted it to like stand on its own a little bit more. But like right. I really do wish that we had like max and like maybe his little sister like yeah i think it would have been really cool if even if like the kid was just like max and allison's kid and like they don't have to be in the movie the whole time but just kind of like then that kind of like generational thing like all ties back and i don't know i think it would have been cool but yeah there was just like i felt like there was a lot of exposition that they were doing a lot of exposition yeah a lot of things that were just like easily maneuvered out of yeah there wasn't enough tension in the plot everything was solved really quickly i think that's my biggest qualm because i don't mind it being corny it's a halloween movie yeah totally and like i said like the casting is great i like the new um kids fine Mm -hmm. but i really liked the uh like flashback sanderson sister Mm -hmm. girls yeah they they were really good it's just because like they had to play a campier character and so Mm -hmm. but i yeah i find i found the jesus i found the new girls to be kind of like boring like they Mm -hmm. didn't really get a chance to do anything kooky or no we didn't get much character from them right more just kind of like plot drivers Mm -hmm. and I think that if there was a bigger thing, like, I don't know, like maybe Winifred was like, I need to like marry Billy Butcherson or like, we need to do something. Like if there was like a bigger thing, like we know she wants the magic, but it just yeah went off in so many, like there was like a cool scene at Walgreens and then there was the scenes happening at the festival. And so we were following Mayor Trask, Mm -hmm. but we never really like revisit that once he gets his candy apple. And then it's like, all right, we're taking Cassie and like, he's not in the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just a little, the plot was too thin. I I don't get why though. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, are they, is, is that what kids want to see? Like if that's a, kids want to see I guess it's like up to them but yeah yeah I was just surprised they they didn't do more when there was such like a rich lore and so much that they could do yeah I'm curious what um kids opinions are of this movie yes since they are the intended audience um I will say one thing that I did like is I feel like we just got way more of the Sanderson sisters in this one compared to the first one which I did really enjoy I really enjoyed getting to see them Mm -hmm. more and I especially like was really really taken by Sarah Jessica Parker's performance she really made it her own yeah she really like came in into the studio and she was like I'm here yeah um 
Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. I liked just kind of getting to know the Sanderson sisters more, mm-hmm. seeing like their personalities come out more. Yes, definitely. Um, especially their individual personalities. Yeah, I think in the in the first one, they're a little bit more two-dimensional where it's just like Sarah Jessica Parker is like the slutty one and like Winifred right. is the leader and Mary is like the stupid one. There, yeah, like... You know, so I liked that we got to see the dynamics a little bit more like that. We got just like more of them. I really enjoyed. So overall, like, yeah, I think it has its issues, but I do think it is a fun watch and like a pretty decent sequel. Sequels are always so difficult. Yeah, that's for sure. So, you know, I think it was a it was a good attempt. So not everything worked, but some things did. Some things did. Yeah. Yeah. Throw the spaghetti at the wall. See see what what sticks. sticks. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess, shall we rate our final Halloween Spooktober film? Oh, my goodness. I think that I'm going to have to rate it a seven. Yeah, I was also going to say like a seven. Yeah. 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 Will I be watching it again? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Will I still criticize the thinness of the plot and, you know, suggest other things that I would have preferred? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if any uh, if any Disney execs are out there listening, maybe consider a prequel. We got some ideas. Yeah, let us know. Give us a call. <laughs> yeah, let's set yeah. up a meeting. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed our entire Spooktober lineup. It was super fun to get to do it again. Yeah, I love the month. Um, we also have like the amazing Spooktober intro and outro from Christian's oh, brother. Oh yes. It's my favorite of all of our... I mean, we only have one other specialty theme song, which is the Christmas one, but the the Spooktober one lives in my heart. It's a good one. Absolutely. And if you want to take part in choosing the December bonus episode... Yeah. Go hit up our Patreon. Yeah. Because we only get three main feed Christmas episodes this December because of the calendar. That's so true. So if you want a fourth one... Kick five bucks our way and we will hook you up. Let us know. <laughs> but um, yeah, in the meantime, if you would like some other content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us, or you can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod, or you can send over a good old fashioned email to Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yes, and we will see you next week for another movie. Ooh, the first movie of November. Mm. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.